Oh, welcome back to the Wide Comics Podcast, where we talk about the comics that impact us. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me today is, once again, the writer, the Kickstarter hustling man behind the indie comics like Burn Residue, Game of Doubles, and currently on Kickstarter, Killer. It's Jonathan Thompson. How's it going, Jesse? It's going good. It's, 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 it's a been pleasure all- to be back. It's been a long week and all I've been looking forward to is talking comics with someone because it's been far too long since I've been able to do it. I get you there. I get you. It's a, it's a great thing to talk about. Yeah. Jonathan, you, it's, been, it's been a hot minute since you've been on. And since then, you've been insanely busy uh, making the rest of Burn Residue. Like, basically, I feel like, you, like when we talked, like the writing was almost done with Burn Residue, but it's like getting the yeah. cock out there. Yeah, was a lot yeah. um doing game of doubles with, with two more issues of um oh gosh the name all of a sudden lost me um tales t- yeah tales from the dead astronaut yeah. and now the killer is on kickstarter and that's that's a graphic novel right like that's a, a, yeah. a full-size book that's um, uh about 60 pages we might yeah. fudge a couple more in there so how how does one keep up when you are doing so much you know it's it it just seems like a lot because as a writer you can kind of sit back and you can find the right people to work with and you kind of have things going on at the same time um it's you know I still have a day job I still have able to pull it all off somehow just carve out the nice nick of time to like focus on a project get it done find an artist and you know, start to feel it out from there. How so? You, I think out of all the people I've interviewed on Kickstarter, like doing Kickstarters and stuff, besides like people who are already established um, combo creators, you have seemed to have an insanely good run of luck with artists doing your collaborations too. Like um, the I, I I'm bad with names, so I don't I'm I poorly don't. I'll, I'll walk you through. Yeah, but the <laughs> which I mean, one. I mean, starting with Burn Residue, your, your yeah. creative collaboration that makes that comic feel so alive. Yeah, Rosano Piccioni out of Italy. Um, <clears throat> I saw his work and just, you know, cold messaged him. That's how a lot of these things work for me. Um, I appreciated his work. I asked him if he wanted to do something. We made a killer three issue um, series there with Burn Residue. And now we're like looking for more. And Burn Residue in itself, the story is so concise to those three issues, but you built out, uh, you and him built out just a world that feels like it has paths to go down. And um, I know what you mean. It's it's always fun because it feels like, oh, wait, I feel like there's more here. And there is hopefully like time to get back to it and explore more. It makes me, it reminds me of Criminal. Like I remember like when the Brewbreaker run finished. Um, and I, I read it later, but like when I read it, I was like, oh man, this is really good. And then he's like, hey, we're doing more criminal. I'm like, well, where, where are we going? Like, where are we going yeah. with, with more criminal? And there's always something more, especially in those noir type stories. Yeah. And there's uh, our main character, Willie, you can kind of go in his past or in his future. And I kind of would love to see more for him. You know, you, you get really attached to these characters and you're just like, I could do more with this guy. And with uh, uh, after that, you did Game of Doubles, which I sadly missed out on that Kickstarter, but uh, you graciously let me read it right before the show. Yeah, that, that, that was with um, Ryan Tavares, 
who I just, I became friends with him on Instagram because I saw his posts and his art was super awesome. It was a, um, he has a series called Nomads, which is kind of a Conan-esque cartoonish fun comic. Mm -hmm. So naturally I asked him if he wanted to make a tennis comic about two brothers doing cocaine in a bathroom. And that worked out beautifully. And, and that in itself is a is a very interesting comic because it is take it, it takes place in a bathroom, but you flash back to a tennis match, and it's very fun to watch the dialogue reflect the tennis match throughout throughout uh, both issues of it. Would would you call both A and B different issues, or is it just the same collection? Um, for me, it's the same. It, it's uh, you know, you missed out on the campaign, but the the best version of it in my opinion was this double-sided version nice. where you kind of like flip it over and you can read whichever way you want to and with the game of doubles it feels very much um again like you write a lot really mostly crime stories and they're very very good crime stories but the way the art matched the story in this felt like um really it could have been like an adult swim miniseries where like they could have just produced this as an animation and you could have watched it and get the full experience. And, but you yeah. get that within the comic itself, the yeah, way the it, flow of it is and everything. The, I had a, for that one, I had a really big plan for how I wanted the, the rhythm of the flashbacks to go. Mm -hmm. So you can really see like the different patterns going on on every double page spread. And I was nervous about it at first. I was like, well, will this really work? And then Ryan did the thumbnails for everything. And I saw it all laid out and i was like okay this is really gonna work and just that whole rhythm and play with everything really excited me on a creative level mm -hmm. and you know, i know a reader would get a kick out of that because i try you know one of the things i've been trying to do is just make comics that could only really be comics yeah no for that sure stuff that's kind of you know a pitch for an ip down the road they're all things that i really feel like should only work as a comic and you know game of doubles is really that Especially when you talk about it being a, like a, one of those books that you flip around and read the other half, like yeah. only in comics will you get that. Like you, you can't do that in any other visual medium, really, where you have the other half as a flip around. There was a another creator I can't remember the name off the top of my head, um, who was doing a Luchador comic, and in the same volume he was going to have the English version, and if you flipped it around, it was the same volume again in Spanish. I know what one you're talking about. Yeah, I need commissions from it, too, yeah. and I can't remember. But I it can't. was a really cool idea too. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, Game of Doubles too. Out of all of your books that I've read so far, it has the most flow with it too, because of the art and the way that the flashbacks are set up. Because of the tennis match being cut in between, it feels um, it, it, it it's, it's very rhythm. It, like the rhythm of the match, like you can hear the ball being hit between conversations. Yeah, it's a fun book. It's it's a very fun one. I kind of want to sit with uh, Game of Doubles for just a little bit longer because yeah. we haven't got to talk about it that much um, or at all, really. Uh, with that, where did the idea of twin brothers <laughs> doing cocaine in a bathroom, but like it being about kind of different ways that they kind of want to get revenge at each other, where did that idea kind of come from? It came out of like, I always had this idea of a story that could take place there from just being at like, you know, golf clubs at kid, as a kid, mm -hmm. you see these like ornate bathrooms in these country clubs and you think about what kind of trouble someone could get into them. 
And then I kind of like went into a Hitchcock kind of feel with the story. And Hitchcock likes to play with doubles a lot. And, you know, you have a kind of game in tennis called the game of doubles. So it's like, that's the perfect title. Let's make them twin brothers. Let's throw the tennis in as another Hitchcock element and just kind of have fun with it. And it's very Hitchcockian in the way that I think it was Hitchcock always talked about, like, you have to put a bomb in the mm-hmm. in the room and then you wait for the audience to wait for the bomb to explode like they know yeah. it's there so you build up the tension to it and you do it twice which is really interesting because um i'm not going to spoil anything in the book but the way that the second half plays out i thought it was at first it was just going to be the first one again played out through the other brother's eyes and like his thought process kind of yeah but it became uh, like i realized really quickly oh no this is just a different path basically this is a yeah. uh, uh, uh an alternate route that this could have taken so the bomb got to go off again in a different way yeah that's that was another fun part about it that i thought when i was uh, approaching it as a with the hitchcock element and then i started thinking about the movie clue mm-hmm. in the 80s yeah because they put it out with like different endings depending on the theater that you went to so I thought it would be fun because I knew I was going to kickstart it to add another element of like, maybe you could get the A version or the B version, or then have that double-sided version, which I love. And with the response for this Kickstarter, have you heard anybody like talking about the way that you presented the story? Because I think again, no one else is really making a book like that currently. So it was a very unique idea. So I'm curious what the feedback was. You know, I haven't seen much personal feedback except when people, you know, reach out to me and say that they like something or not. But the people that post about it really like it. So there's that. I feel I feel the more awareness, the better, because I do have more copies. And the the more people that could read it, I think they'd really see something that you won't just see, you know, as your digital form. Mm-hmm. And before we get to the killer, I want to talk about you let me read issue two and three of uh, Tales of Film, The Dead Astronaut. Yes. Uh, and who is your uh, co-creator on that one? Uh, that is George Luis Gaboda. We, um, he was the first artist I ever worked mm-hmm. with. You know, I, I think that's the, the first time we ever talked was for Tales. Yeah, yeah. And back then, that was last year. I kind of had slowly put that together piece by piece, you know, just playing around with the medium, trying to think of different story ideas and tell these concise little stories. And we built up enough that I turned it into an anthology. And then around the time that I was doing Burn Residue, we got picked up by SourcePoint Press. So then that meant we had to figure out how to make two more issues of it. And <laughs> so my, that was, was really yeah. fun and threw us off. And it took a little time just to figure out where to go with it. But then once I did, I mean, for me, it really clicks as a whole unit now yeah i was reading it i was like wait a second these are these are all continuing from the first one so i had to dig out my first one and like go back to it and read that again and then see how they all connect and you also but you still leave them all open though kind of for more and so it's like what a what interesting because we talked i think we talked about for the first one, like you had, like I think you might have just gotten picked up, and we we talked about maybe off air that like more was coming. But yeah, I think so. But when you wrote that first one, you didn't know that more would be coming. So the first one is written with the conclusions, but also like you can keep going, and it and it's so fascinating because two out of the three of them, two reads the most like 
this story is going to continue you know that for a fact it's going to continue um but three yes there's endings in three but there's still even better hooks in three than there was in one for stories to keep going with these three yeah i think so i think that started to become the plan was make that number two kind of like a fun bridge Mm -hmm. what you could do later in a three uh yeah it's it's a lovely weird book uh it's actually, it's going to be in the next previews. So I think it's going to start coming out in November. So November, January, uh, November, December, January is one, two, and three. Okay, but, um, cool. It's such a weird book for friends of like heavy metal, mm-hmm. Mobius, it's weird sci-fi. We kind of just went crazy with that one. And, and these are going to be like full size comic too like yes. i think I believe the first one like yes. the first tales was a little smaller when i did the original my original print run i made it that little digest size yeah but these will be the the full ones you have to remind me when they go out on previews because i want to make sure i add it but i will forget <laughs> yes i think next week next week is when it comes out the previews. okay i'll have to do so, a deep dive on that and how exciting it, and that's yeah. super exciting because like i remember we talked about before it's like getting in previews was like kind of a goal like it was a dream it is you know i I mean i think it's every i'm sure you get disillusioned but like Mm -hmm. that first time is exciting to you know it's going to be exciting to pick up the magazine and see my book there and with uh burn residue having the collection done and having that cover on the heart on the hardcover by is it hardcover paperback for which i went doing that i went hardcover I, i know we talked about um, the last time we talked about it all, you were thinking about maybe pitching the, the the collection, the image and stuff. Are you still like thinking about all the stuff that you've created, getting it published elsewhere after the Kickstarter? Yeah, I am because I think ultimately it's fun to create this stuff, but there's just something a company, a publisher offers a greater opportunity to reach more fans, obviously. So it's just, I think it's also nice to have as a creator to have this back pocket of backlog material that could come out at any time out of uh out of all the people i follow that do kickstarters and i and i have supported a lot of them as much as i can because i think for, for everybody it's, it's hard yeah. sometimes and sometimes you kind of mi- you miss a period because like mm-hmm. pay periods are all weird but you are the one that's like always like you like soon as the next this one's done like soon as the killer's done i know for a fact that you're gonna be like i have another one oh my God, don't worry about it <laughs> like there's already gonna be another one in the works and out of everybody, it seems like you're you're always on top of it. It's like, hey, this book's done. Now move on to the next one. And don't stop until like something big happens here. Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing always from a writer mm-hmm. is that you really do have to pay an artist their proper fee. Yeah. And that was probably something that I didn't get for a long time as like a younger kid, obviously, because you're like, I don't understand you don't work for anyone. Why should I pay you this? Yeah. But then when you really understand it, and obviously I got to a point where I could afford to pay an artist to do Tales from the Dead Astronaut one. But then once I realized I could kickstart things, get them, get the artist paid their like rightful pay and have enough to print and ship the thing. That's it kind of like just snowballed that way. Because it kind of made it sense to go from one project to the next in that point. You aren't inhibited by the normal things that you think you're going to be. And, and that's and seeing your career path doing this, um, back-to-back Kickstars like this. I mean, I think now we're at 
triple kickstarters in a row because like it, you finish burn residue and as soon as like the, i think the first issue was out you're like hey i'm doing game, game of doubles and as soon as i, game t- of I took a longer break than that. this one was closer close, yeah, this close one was super close yeah. And, yeah you're already teasing it before the end of game of doubles was out um and so it, it's just it is inspiring though someone who wants to write comics is like i just need to write a five issue uh, a five page script talk to some artists figure out a payment plan and get it going <laughs> Exactly. Just get that, uh, you know, the ball running to get those first couple pages out there. Yeah, because like it once you like Tales from the Dead Astronauts, like once it's out there, people are like, oh, wait, this guy knows what he's doing. So we can support the next thing. And so like five pages is basically the the jumpstart any creator really needs to get going. It's just those five pages. And sometimes you'll find a creator, like an artist collaborator who's like, hey, man, I want to do this, too. So why don't we just do it? together like for free and if we make money off of it we'll make money off of it <laughs> yeah there kind of gets to be like that trust that will make it through to yeah. the other side you know that we're both in it together so let's talk about the current one that's in its last week and that's the killer uh who's your collaborator on this one this is attila schwanz he's a he's another italian artist he's partnered with rosano at his studio so i kind of plucked him away from some of the art that I've seen on one of his projects. Mm-hmm. And when you were writing the killer and you saw his art, how did you like think of like, oh, and this is matching the story I want to tell you? You know, I knew his art was so different that I wanted to try something different. Yeah. But I didn't change my scripting style at all. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, it's something I learned early working with George was that you have to really trust the artist to do what they're going to do. So I put my idea for everything, scripted it, and said, show me what you got. And with the killer, um, like if anybody sees the art for this, it's very Sienkiewicz-like in some yeah, ways. Dave McKean style. Yeah. Um, yeah, out there. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the cover or if it's just the promotional art. It's very inspired. There's a there's a Jap- I want to say Japanese or maybe it's Chinese. Joe Shishido. Yeah, it's yes. very much inspired by that. Um, it's um, very much inspired by my love of both samurai films and yakuza films from the sixties. Yeah. So really, what 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 is the basic premise of the killer? Um, the killer is about a serial killer who works as a hitman for the yakuza. He's given an assignment to kill the head of a security company who's about to launch a worldwide kind of surveillance program. And as the killer creeps into the house this night to kill the target, he comes to realize that the target is actually a very emotionally wounded man who is getting ready to commit harakari that night. And there is a kind of a fight for survival that comes out of it. And for this story, where did the idea start from? Because this, honestly, out of all of these, uh, except for maybe Tales of the Dead Astronaut, this one seems the most out of left field for you so far. That's funny because it doesn't feel that way. They all feel like treading the same ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes partly from seeing Attila's art and knowing the kinds of things that he could do. And then I just have really wanted to make my wacky 60s Yakuza movie. Mm-hmm. So that kind of bled into it. 
And then I try to get a kind of Joe Shishido versus Tashira Mafuni vibe going on. And that's how we ended up where we ended up. And for this book, it it looks very dark and it looks very scary. At first, when you when you, when you first were like emailing uh, people about it, I was like, "Is is he writing a horror book? Is like, is this what is this what this one's about?" But it it's just the style of the art makes it kind of look darker than most stories. And I don't know if you can get darker than Burn Residue. Even Game of Doubles is pretty dark. Um, I don't think you can get darker than Burn Residue. Yeah. So for for you, what what's the tone? Is it dark or is it kind of a dark comedy in some ways? So you say you were like trying to do your wacky samurai. Uh, wacky in the sense of just the insanity of the maybe the violence. I think mm-hmm. it's a it has elements to it that are horror because that's your, the the killer is a demonic entity. Mm-hmm. So he is he eats hearts of his victims because they make him feel powerful. He is very sadistic and gleeful in his actions where you then have this kind of quiet death march coming from the target. So you get to kind of blend the insane action styles of a Yakuza film also with like, you know, a dark Mufuni movie, a dark Kurosawa movie, a throne of blood. And were there any other like comics you were reading or uh, books you were reading at the time that kind of inspired the story too? Because we talked about the movies and stuff, but I'm curious if there's literature at all that inspired. Um, really, what inspired me was reading Alan Moore's Storyteller, gotcha. a kind of biography on him. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where it was post his DC work, where he was in a contract to just do these graphic novels, and he only made one, which was A Small Killing. And I read it and I loved it. And I just loved the idea of doing something like that, something that was that contained, especially when you see like, you know, what Brubaker and Phillips are doing, you know, what more creators are starting to do with kind of just a straight graphic novel, which mm-hmm. is the way a lot of us read this stuff in the end. Yeah. Um, so I was focused kind of on those ideas and pushing myself to do something, you know, even more different than I had before. And for The Killer and all your books, to you, which one has ended up being the most personal as you're writing them? Because I know for writers and artists too, like you, you, you eventually put something of yourself in them, but it, they all kind of have different levels of that. I'm curious which one has the most of you in it so far. Um, you know, it's, it's the thing that I'm working on with Rosano now, I think has the most me in it. Um, I know that's an unfair answer because that's not one of the ones that I've yeah, put no, out. But it also is for because you're it, working on it. It's, you know, it's the, it's the one script that I felt the most personally attached to and it's a crime script. <laughs> and, and is this one going to be like as dark as all the other ones or is this a bit lighter than the other ones? No, it's, it's lighter. It's lighter. It's not as dark. It's still pretty dark, but it's as a series, it's more on the poetic side than the dark side it's really funny too to watch a lot of creators tell very pretty straightforward stories overall and for you you seem to be like let me do the most challenging thing i can do as a a comic book writer from from the jump with burn residue it's very um like 
abstract in some ways where the where the way the story is going and how yeah you're you're feeling and with uh tales from the dead astronaut it's very um i like that like at least one story so far in every issue is like silent and so you kind of have to infer a lot from Mm -hmm. tales of the dead astronaut in in some of these stories game of doubles is very complex because you're following um a set path and you never know when the what, what's kind of come next and even like the twists kind of at the end where you're like okay but what happens like what happens from here <laughs> and now the killer sounds like the most complex with having uh, uh an assassin who eats hearts and having such complex art with it and like the plot of it all what why do you why do you cause yourself so much trouble <laughs> Um, when you write these scripts just because i'm just so dead set and like experimenting with things you know you're in this i'm in this sweet spot where you know the only people i have to worry about pleasing are the people that are buying the books and Mm -hmm. reading the books because that's who all i care about and if they trust me enough i can try pretty cool stuff you know like with burn residue even the the narration that goes on it starts in this third like um speaking from the past uh, speaking from the future about the past mm-hmm. until the story catches up to the present and then it switches to you know first person in the moment narration of everything it's like that was a fun experiment and then with uh, tales it was like constantly switching the kind of story you're telling then with you know game of doubles it was adhering to that rhythmic structure and you know setting myself well we can only have these eight panel pages and this is how everything is going to build through there and then with the killer it's trusting the more surreal nature mm-hmm. of Attila's work to properly communicate the story we're telling but also because of his art it allows us to do some really cool stuff you know there's some couple there's a couple double page spreads in here that i think are just going to be out of this world you know as a right now to when you back the campaign you're only seeing the first six pages mm-hmm. you have no idea like how awesome it's going to get from here yeah and and, and that's the thing about this campaign more than like a lot right now i'm like i just want to see the final product so badly that i just want this to succeed because yeah. i'm going to be very bummed out if i don't get to see the full book <laughs> how do you think i'll feel um no. and so when it when it comes to kickstarters uh do you ever worry at the beginning like uh i don't know if this was gonna like make the numbers i want it to make from the get-go or do you just try to never let that cross your mind until like it either succeeds or fails um you can't, you know, you can't let like, you can't let any kind of like negative feeling seep through mm-hmm. when you're in this. Like it, you could be scared. I think Game of Doubles made me the most nervous because you had to keep convincing people that it was more than just a tennis comic, yeah. which is funny on itself. You know, it's so much, there's a lot of jobber comics that people get every week. And, you know, a tennis comic is going to be at the top of the pile if you pick it. So that was a harder sell, but we got there. It felt like we were never going to get there, but we got there. And then, you know, with this one, it's the most I'm trying to raise for a campaign, but that's because 
that's what it takes for that beautiful art. Yeah. And like this is maybe some of the most stellar art I've seen out of a, a Kickstarter, at least like the ones on my radar. I think the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is that um, Oz one that just started, um, yeah, yeah. which I didn't even know that had a first issue. So I'm like, do I? Oh, do it's I, good. Do I, first issue. Do, do I back that one at like the $50 one to get both issues? You might have to because it's a good first issue. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's just. I, I was talking to a friend and he said, he said that I always pick the right artists or I get lucky with the right artists. And I'm, I do, but I just know what I like mm-hmm. and know the things that are on my bookshelf. So that's what I'm gravitating towards anyway. And I'm not making superhero comics. So I'm not looking for that kind of polished superhero style. Yeah. That's why with something like Burn Residue, I can get dirty with or Game of Doubles, I can get more cartoonish with. And then with the killer, you know, even more abstract and bring in a lot of things that I love just personally about art into it. No, I feel I feel exactly the same because uh, for at least my my collections I've put out, like do, finding a cover artist or finding someone to do illustrations for the stories and stuff. It's like, OK, well, let's find the sensibilities that I'm looking for and the people I know can pull this off and like. I'm not even gonna like just ask random people until one says yes i'm gonna seek out the one i think of first yeah and it kind of becomes the artist fits the project in a way that you can't imagine it done with anyone else yeah exactly yeah and um, you know like I said, yeah i'm not even changing my scripting style all my scripts look exactly the same so that's even more fun to me as a creator to see every different way that people take it in yeah, speaking of scripting styles, what is your your current style of scripting? Um, I mean, I start with a blank page and write the page numbers and note where my page turns are, because I think those are important for the rhythm. And then I just kind of go from there and maybe write a word or two. That'll be the page. And then I pull up my final draft and I script the hell out of it. And do you, do you use any specific programs? Because I know some people use scripting programs and some people... I use, use Final Draft just because I'm comfortable with Final Draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you could do it on Word. You don't need a program to write. Oh, one thing I'll say is I always write my scene silent first, especially because gotcha. it's so visual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more about my kind of like directing and editing head takeover because I focus on what the important image and emotion is. And then then I go back and tell the story with the words and fill it in. For, for you, do you ever see yourself doing, um, I'm trying to think of like the right word for it. I don't know if there is a right word for it because there's very few people that do it, but like a prose comic where I think of like AD by Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire or a few issues that Grant Morrison uh, did on, on Batman. Um, and even like James, uh tinian's doing somewhat in uh the nice house on the lake and in uh department of truth where like there's half just full pages of writing um do you, do you ever think about doing that where you just write a prose story and then have someone illustrate it as it goes along um we thought about doing something similar in this book we played around with some areas and then i just i'd rather it be more art so we pulled that part out so we yeah. kind of have it now as like a $5 digital add-on. Oh, nice. This kind of diary of a madman style 
of doing it. So experimenting. Yeah. Prose mixing in with comics is always something I'm the most fascinated with. And I'm always curious with independent creators if they would ever dabble in something like that. Yeah, well, I'm going to (laughs) try. At least it'll only be 12 pages. Yeah. With uh the with burn residue, you got Jay Phillips to do the the cover for the collection. Are you gunning for any stretch goals of special covers for the killer at all? Um, we are we're working on a variant cover. Mm-hmm. Um, Attila is going to work on that this week for the lead up to the last week. Uh, that's probably as far as we go. Um, I will put you know if we hit stretch goals. I will do a kind of process zine that mm-hmm. will really dig in and kind of show every which way this book was created. Oh, that'd be great. Cause uh, yeah. honestly, like as many books as have been written about comic book making, it's still so hard to figure out how to do it. Yeah. It's, I, it's also kind of like improvisational jazz. Mm-hmm. You just sit there and you kind of know the riffs that you want to do and kind of know how a story is told and then just try and do something that's different and you so you've told space stories you've told hitchcock stories you've told gritty crime stories and now you're telling um uh basically like uh a kurosawa story what what other stories are there left in your checklist of stories i want to tell before i die um so the next project for the fall is a race car car. Oh, okay. So that's that's where the fun begins next. Is and it I'm like Ford versus it. Ferrari, or is it more like uh well it's more like a uh, Mario Kart oh, Cowboy okay. Bebop? So it's it's back to space, but it's um I'm trying to think of a different way to present it than a typical comic. That sounds really like the idea of just a space race in that kind of way. And like knowing you, there's going to be some kind of crime element to it. Um, so something. Yeah. Um, it, it, that sounds like it can, uh, it's going to look amazing, but it's going to be a lot of fun too. Yeah. It's uh, that one is there. And then I have two, two pretty sizable original graphic novels that we'll see where we end up with those. For you and ideas, do they, do you have a journal that you like, when you think of something, you jot it down? Or is it something that you like, oh, if I remember this, uh, I'll go back to it and kind of just it on it more. Like, how do, how do you, how do you develop your ideas? For, I've been coming up with ideas since I was a kid. And you, it's just the ones that stick in your head so long mm-hmm. that you know you have to do. Um you know game of doubles is one of those ideas that sat in my head for so long the killer is kind of one of those ideas that sat in my head for so long um they're the two pitch projects that i'm working on right now are ideas that i've had for a long time so it's those things that just like persist that you're always thinking about a little bit and you know moving moving the chess piece a little further and how you're going to do it yeah and it's one of those things too where like if an idea sticks with you for so long, it it, it develops itself. Like mm-hmm. you, you start thinking about it more and more. And you're like, wait a second. Well, if I am, if I'm ever going to do anything with this, I can add this piece to it, and I can add this piece to it. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like fun to 
always have those things to think about and not mm-hmm. feel like you have to do them right then and there. Yeah. Because you know that the more you think about them, the more you let them kind of, you know, mutate in your mind, the cooler they turn out to be. Yeah. And eventually some of them, you reach a conclusion where you're like, ah, this actually, if I, if I actually spent too much time on this, it would end poorly. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't come out with that yet. Yeah. I, I, I think about there's a, there's a whole Stephen King thing. He says, if you wrote, wrote uh, one novel for more than like a month, he got bored of it. It's like, I, I, yeah. I understand the concept of that, but I don't know if that works for every one of the ideas I have, but there's a few where I'm like, okay, I've, I've reached a conclusion with this story in my brain. And I'm like, there's no way that this would end up any interesting if I actually wrote it to paper. That's funny. And I think sometimes it's good to step away. Yeah. And just come back at another time. So we talk about you pitching, uh, like getting stuff to pitch. Are there artists that you kind of hopefully one day dream of working with if you can get a contract signed or get them get the funding to have any artists you want? Um, yes and no. Kind of, I don't know. It would depend on the idea and where I was and what was available because there's always the right person for the job out there to create something just super cool and um other i had i had another question in my head and i just lost it i'm trying to come back grab it back um when it comes to writing like you're one of the few people i see um like just really beating the pavement with your comics like you're you're non-stop and i know you have a day job and as someone who's now finally able to write properly after their day job it feels very good um uh, it was the other night I, I was like I sat down and I was like I get to write tonight because I'm home <laughs> and like yeah. and I, I knocked out like 2,000 words in like an hour and I felt very good about it um for you though is there any advice to people who like are like I just want to sit down and start doing this but I, I can't I struggle like getting there like you're so consistent with it is there any like tips you can give to people um, well, don't stress yourself out about like writing every day because it's just not possible. You need to experience life too. For me, you know, this kind of, I kind of say it's like been a year long journey between Tales from the Dead Astronaut to today. And it was just starting off small. You know, the, the first story I ever did with George was two pages. And then after that, we did The Star, which was, well, maybe we did Another World Next, which was six pages. And then the star was eight, Prince of Steel was eight. And then we kind of put it all together from there. But it was important to start those small stories first because I really got to understand the medium better, you know, finally working with an artist. And then that just informed how I took my writing when I did Burn Residue, which was challenging too, you know, writing those issues one at a time and kind of figuring it out from there. Well, Jonathan, we talked a lot about your books, but now I'm curious, like, what are you currently enjoying in the comic scene? Like, are there any other Kickstarters you're like, this one I'm very excited for, or is there any, like, books published by any of the big companies or even manga and stuff like that you're just really enjoying that's been like a really nice inspiration or just like a, a nice way to unwind? Um, there's been some great Kickstarters out there. I... Um... Jordan Thomas, he does a lot of cool stuff. He has the Frank at Home on the Farm hardcover right now on Kickstarter, but he did weird work. 
He did Mugshots, great books. Um, like some of the best books that I've read and they came from Kickstarter. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff out there, a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like store-bought stuff, I think anything by Ram V is kind of the top stuff out there. Um, I'm enjoying Red Room. I'm enjoying Time Before Time. Um, there's just some really great books out there. And those are very like art forward. Like most of the Ram V stuff is very art forward. Um, I know yeah, Red Room they, is uh, extremely. Star is a one of a kind book. Yeah, and I know Red Room is very like strongly art forward. Yeah, and uh, same thing with Time Before Time. It's like it's very like 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 Declan did that whole Kickstarter to be like, hey, here's a process book of this because Super it's so cool. forward on that. Yeah, yeah. It there's some really great stuff. Like I said, you know. And even stuff just finding still in, you know, just graphic novel form. Like I just read, again, Chasing the Bird by David Chislam, and that's great. That's, you know, great story combined with great art. Yeah, what is your all-time, like, favorite book to go back to like that? Because I think about, um, like, when it comes to novels, I have my own, and I have have the same thing with... uh, collected editions and stuff do you have like a one that you always go back to is like this is this is what i go for for inspiration uh it's the invisibles i have my four hard covers it was the book that changed me it's the book that i'll like always reread and what about the the invisibles is is the that that makes it that book for you um, you know i think it was from being you know fresh out of high school and being that kid that the comic felt like it was talking to and then it kind of warps your sense of reality, especially if you're a big Grant Morrison fan, you become like a Grant Morrison fan for life then. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, they did amazing things with that book. Yeah. Yeah. Invisibles is uh, one of the few Morrison like big titles I have yet to read. I've, I've just oh. finished their Doom Patrol. And I feel like going into oh. the Invisibles is going to be very similar to that in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, that I did read Doom Patrol first because I kind of, you don't have that like completest attitude about things. It was you know, read um, Zenith right before mm-hmm. and then read Doom Patrol. And Doom Patrol influenced me a lot as well. But you can definitely taste the shift when he isn't straight edge anymore and is doing drugs when you go to the Invisibles. Yeah. And um, and honestly, I, th- I feel like they're, they're, at least for me, there's someone who's going to come across one of your books and kind of get the same feeling because they're so different and they're so um, creative and they're, and they're so non-rule conforming in a lot of ways that I feel like someone's going to come across like The Killer or Game of Doubles or Burn Residue and be like, hey, this is, this is the now where I base my stuff off of. <laughs> I think it comes from being a huge uh, Jean-Luc Godard fan mm-hmm. as a cinema lover who was the notorious just didn't care what you thought and was going to challenge everything at every opportunity that he had. That's kind of how I feel when it comes to comics is there's no real right way to do it. There's just different ways to do it. And you could be one of a million guys just trying to do the same thing that everybody else is doing, or -hmm. you could do things that creatively fulfill you and help you understand your form of storytelling better. And that's kind of what I've been finding here. 
in, in, in like filmmaking, it's, it's a collaborative process where like the collaborators are going to influence and inform your creation in ways you'd never expect. And that's why yeah. like comics, like there's rules, there's rules to everything, but the comics are one of those things where rules are meant to be broken the most. It feels like, unless you have a really strict editor or something where like the collaboration is there to morph the comic into something that you can only get in comics. Yep. I always, I always ask my writer to start with my artist to start with like a character design, how they would draw the characters. And then that just completely informs everything else for me. I kind of start with that story idea. I say to, you know, whatever artist I'm approaching, this is what I'm thinking of. And then fortunately I'm lucky they say yes. And then I say, okay, so draw this character, draw this character, draw this character. This is who they are. This is how they feel. This is how they're going to fit in the story. And then I get those designs back. And then that's when the story really flourishes. Because now I have characters that I'm associating with more than just words on a page. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's a really enjoyable part of the collaborative process. And then, like I said, just leaving it in the artist's hands to do what they feel is best. And it really, it really comes out in the books because these characters feel very alive and yeah. and breathed in than a lot of characters do when it comes to just you you can feel like it's 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 script and it's art and like this one like they you feel they're more active yeah you know a lot of times in comics it's just poses and I'm lucky with the artists that I pick combined with the characters themselves they all come to life really well. Yeah, it, you you say yourself like it's just it's it's lucky, but it's also like a very keen eye. Like it's it's you seeing like this is these are the people that can make these stories work, and they work, and yeah. they work very well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, that uh, lucky. <laughs> um, well, Jonathan, I, thank you so much for dropping by again and talking to me yeah, about your thanks books. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, again. The killer is on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's on Kickstarter for eight days left, right? Eight days. It ends Friday, the twenty seventh, which is um, my birthday. So don't see, let me down. So yeah, you can't let Jonathan down. We got to get one hundred percent funded. I kind of good birthday gift. This was only a twenty seven day campaign, just because I knew I could end it then. Um, and so, like, they'll be linked in the description of this podcast. They will be linked when I post it to socials, like. Please support this book because at least, at least if, if not for Jonathan's birthday, for me, because I want to see you. the entire book. Yeah. And if you follow me on Instagram, Space Station Z is Z-E-D, I post all the process stuff that Attila is sending me. So you can see, you know, starting from the sketch each page, his initial design, then when he goes to pencil, and then just the different kind of media he uses to create these pages. You know, he's using there's a page where there's sand and he used actual sand he's crazy he's using pen he's using markers he's using paint he's using everything it's really one of a kind art and where else can people find you on social media um i'm on twitter commander of zed i don't know how much longer i'll be on there it doesn't seem to do much Mm -hmm. um but instagram's the best place that's I think especially for comics, it's the best place to find things. There's a link tree there that goes to my website, which has some fun stuff. 
and my newsletter, which I use to kind of just explore different storytelling. Sweet. Um, and for this show, you can find us at on Twitter at YComicsPod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash YComicsPodcast. You can email me at YComicsPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for guests, want to be a guest yourself, uh, or just have a story about how comics impacted you that you want me to read on air, you can reach me at all those places. Uh, the logo for the show is done by my friend Andy Manley, who you can see working on The Simpsons. Uh, banners are done by my friend Steven. And the theme is Join the Restaurant by David Zizetsi. And remember, everybody, even Captain America punched Nazis. <laughs>